Welcome to the Love Her Wild podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Carver, and I'm here to talk to you about all things spiritual, manifestation, happily ever after, and creating a life that you love, because I promise you can. Happy Monday, everybody. Today, we are going to talk about the importance of doing the prep work. An analogy that became ever so clear to me in this remodel process on the boat. I can't tell you how many times I sat in the boat alone doing hours and hours of monotonous prep work. Prepping wood for paint, prepping wood for stain and clear, ripping carpet, sanding floors, pulling staples to put down new vinyl flooring, making templates that takes hours and hours and hours to then be able to take said templates and cut out new walls, new floors, bathrooms that all fit perfectly. And what became so clear to me was the importance of the prep. The actual install, the actual build took the least amount of time. It was all the prep that went into it. The thousands and thousands of staples pulled out of the floor so that there wouldn't be a single bump in the flooring. No holes made. No pointy spots. It's the prep work before painting the cabinet doors that make the cabinets look good. It's not the paint. It's the sanding of the wood underneath. The filling of the holes. The sanding again. The priming. Those are the things that ensure that the paint job not only look amazing, but lasts, doesn't chip, doesn't peel, doesn't have a weird texture, doesn't look DIY. And I can't tell you how many times during that process I thought about how that applies to life in general. Everybody wants to skip the prep work because it sucks. The prep work is the worst. It is the most time consuming and there's almost no gratification in doing it. All of the gratification comes on install day or paint day, right? The week of 12 hour days you put in, there's no gratification. It's all in that final day of cutting and placing vinyl, of putting the three coats of final paint on the cabinets, etc etc and if you apply that to your real life and think about it in those terms you can probably point out areas in your own story where you skipped the prep i did i skipped the prep work after my divorce i was so ashamed after my divorce the guilt and shame i felt at being a 29, nearly 30-year-old divorcee was astronomical. My parents had just spent all of this money on a beautiful dream wedding just two years prior. I had to walk away from an entire family that I loved and who had been in my life for seven years. Nieces and nephews, brothers and sisters-in-law, and I lost them all 
with one decision. One act that was best for us both. And I lost them all. Afterwards, I felt like a walking reality show. There was a lot of drama surrounding my divorce. A lot of lies spread about me that didn't get corrected for months and years in some cases. And so I just dove in to dating again, immediately. I did not heal because healing sucked, just like prep work. Pulling staples, it hurts. My wrist still hurts from all of the staples I pulled on this boat. Doing shadow work and healing traumas is the same. Being brave enough to look at yourself in the mirror and work through all of your junk instead of just closing it behind a tidy little closet door, it's hard. So I didn't do it because I didn't want to. Because there was no instant gratification in dealing with my stuff. But there was instant gratification on Bumble. There were a ton of beautiful men telling me that I was pretty, wanting to take me on a date, buying me drinks at a bar, taking me to nice restaurants, paying for my dinner. And so in that, I was able to convince myself that those quick bursts of adrenaline meant that I was truly happy at my core. That I was, quote, over it because I knew that I was doing the right thing in leaving my husband. And therefore, I didn't need the time to heal. I was very wrong, by the way. You see, in hindsight, because everything's easier in hindsight... I look back and I realize that my lack of prep work at that time is what led me straight into my abusive relationship. The healed version of me would have never stood for the behavior that I stood for back then. I would have left in a New York minute. At least the me now would have. But the me then was broken and sad and so very insecure. And so attention from anyone meant that I was lovable. I was wanted. And that I didn't have a big scarlet D across my chest saying that I was divorced and therefore used up and no longer lovable, wanted, or good. It was my own lack in self-confidence and sense of self that led me to forgive over and over again when what I should have done was kindly and lovingly walked out the door. Thank you so much for playing, but this game is not for me. And I will go find someone who is willing to invest the amount of time and energy that I am investing in return. I am going to go find more, is what I wish I could have said. And at the beginning, 
I had a few friends who were really, really supporting me in that choice. I almost did it a few times. I almost left. Probably six months, a year in, I almost did it. But I didn't feel capable. And what I didn't know was what felt like love was actually a trauma bond. I was addicted to the ups and downs, the roller coasters, the short bursts of love bombing, thinking that if I just acted just right, I could replicate that love. That one good day could be every day if I was perfect. Spoiler alert. That one good day was never every day. And the person that I was in love with was a figment of my imagination. It was the version of him that I created in my mind. The version of him that healed and trusted and loved fully and didn't yell and didn't turn into a different person when drinking. Never made me feel unloved or disrespected. The potential that I knew was in there and I thought I could draw it out. I thought I could love it right out of him. And I couldn't. It took three and a half years for me to realize that I would never be able to do that because the only person that could change him was him. And he was not yet ready to change. As a side note, I want to let you know that if you are in a situation like that, you are not required to wait for them to change because they might not ever come to that conclusion on their own. And you don't deserve a life of waiting. A life of living in sadness and fear instead of joy and happiness and laughter and fulfillment. But looking back at that girl, all I can see is a cabinet that went unpainted. I skipped the prep work. And therefore, when I tried to slap paint on it, it peeled right off. It wasn't ready for final paint. And when you rush the prep work, oftentimes you have to start over. I had to start over. And at 33 years old, I was right back to where I started when I got divorced. Except I was three and a half years older. Three years more hurt more trauma and this time we sprinkled a little abuse on there which was really unlucky but I vowed to myself in that moment that I would never allow myself to repeat that cycle again the train stopped there and I would stop at nothing to make sure that I was ready 
to welcome in healthy and abundant love from that moment forward. And so I started doing the prep work. The work that I beg my one-on-one clients to do. And it's not a one-size-fits-all. That's why I do one-on-one mentorships. Because everyone is in a unique position. Everyone has a different story leading to them to this point. Every project, if you will, takes different tools. Different prep. Has different needs. But it's all important. It sucked. But I did it. And once you start doing it, it gets a little better. It's not quite so bad. You get into the swing of things, you put on a good playlist, and suddenly you've sanded 15 cabinets and you don't even know where the time went. One or two days of journaling here and there turned into a morning ritual of meditation and journaling and prayer. It turned into healing past versions of myself, past traumas, letting go of emotional ties that I had with every single lover from my past, letting go of toxic friendships, healing from friendships that had ended years prior, all in hopes that when I was done, when I was prepped and ready to go, that the job at hand would be the final job. Three coats, final paint, and finished. No need to start over. No chips. No runs in the paint. No weird rough spots where I forgot to sand it down. But a perfect factory finish. And that's what I did. And that's why I started this podcast. To show you that it's possible. That no matter where you are in your story, you can get here. There is no journey too long, too arduous to get through. There isn't. I don't care if you have kids. I don't care if you've been married 15 years. I don't care what the story is. If you are not where you're meant to be, you can get there. I would love to help you. For those of you that have experienced abuse, first of all, I am so sorry. I truly wish it was something that no one ever had to go through. But I do think that it gave me the blessing of being overly thankful and grateful for the person I ended up with. So very grateful for every single act of kindness and generosity and respect. Every morning that he holds on to me just a little bit longer as I get up to go to the gym because he just wants one more second of cuddling me in bed before I rip the sheets off and jump into the cold morning. Mornings like that didn't exist in my old life. You see, in my old life, there was a line down the center of the bed and I was forbidden to cross it without permission. I wasn't allowed to give a good morning kiss without permission. 
And most mornings, I was not granted permission. Most mornings, I woke up, rolled over to see my partner on his phone, and asked for a kiss, or a hand squeeze, or a hug, only to be rejected. And while that might work for some, it did not work for me. And now, the amount of love in such a simple act as a good morning kiss is earth-shattering to me. They say that joy can only fill you as deep as grief has carved you. And in those moments, I feel that to its fullest extent. Grief carved me so deeply that now I am an overflowing pool of gratefulness and joy. But I couldn't get there if the hole that was carved was just dirt. If I didn't do the prep work to turn it into a pool. You see, if the grief carved me down all the way and I jumped into another relationship filling that hole with water, it would nearly immediately be soaked up by the earth. Only to be leaving me feeling void again and again and again, not knowing why. Why do I continue to feel so empty when I finally have something I thought I wanted? It's because you didn't do the prep work. You have to finish making the pool before you fill it up with water. And so if you take nothing away from today other than the reminder that doing the work now is going to pay off in spades later. I know it feels like it's going to make you take a longer time to get there. You want to just get to dating. You just want to meet your person. Time's a ticking. That body clock is clicking. You're ready to go. All your friends are already married and having kids. Whatever the story is. I promise you, it will take longer the other way. Because after my divorce, I jumped right in. And sure, I promised myself I would never fall for someone who wasn't right for me again. But I didn't do the work. And so, on my first date with my ex, when my gut said, you're never going to go on another date with this guy, I ignored it. And I went on another date. And another and another until I fell for a man that was wrong for me that was toxic for me and who hurt me more deeply than my ex-husband ever could. And so at 33, I was right back to the starting line again. Three and a half years wasted, down the toilet, gone. Because I skipped the prep work. I could have saved three and a half years by doing six months of work. I could have saved three years by doing the prep work. And so here I am, 
begging you to learn from my mistakes. Do as I say, not as I did before. Because when I woke up and realized the importance of doing the work, my life changed. My outlook changed. Everything changed. And one day I woke up living inside of my dream life. Almost as if I was transported there in a time machine. As if all that work flew by in an instant. And there I was, saying I do to a man that I dreamt up in my mind. Now, if you want to know how to do the prep work, we can do that. Let me know. Slide into those DMs and I can make a whole series on it. Or if you really want to expedite the process, let's work together. Let's do a one-on-one call. Let's get you a customized plan that gets you to where you want to go. I'm like a personal trainer, but for your soul, right? I'm a soul trainer. <laughs> uh, but anyway, do the prep work, even if it feels hard. Take it from me. You will get to where you're trying to go. You will. Just by the fact that you are listening to this podcast right now, I know that you will get there. You've got it in you. We just got to do a little sanding first. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Love Her Wild podcast. If today resonated with you in any way, shoot me a comment. Tell me how you feel. I'd love to help if I can. And if you think that this would resonate with any of your friends, share away because I'm trying to reach as many of you as I possibly can. Go make your life great.